computer. So you're being recorded. Okay. So, so take um, your time. You can edit anything out. You're the you you have you been doing a lot of podcasts? Um, we just recorded our first one on Tuesday. That's why we we're a little bit late to your talk. And we've tried to do some over Zoom before. I've organized ones with like people outside of school. But um yeah, the recording worked as you've done it on school, like PCs and stuff. We haven't released any of them yet, but when we do, I will send you the link to your episode so you can, if you want to hear yourself back. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's a nice little distraction because school is so stressful at the moment. Is it a good school you're at there? I love it so much. I'm actually going to cry so much when we have to leave. Sorry, everyone's looking at me so weird who's coming in. Because <laughs> I'm in the office right now. So I think they think I'm in trouble or something. Did they enjoy my presentation the other day? Did the school love it? Yeah, everybody was talking about you as well. Oh, really? In sixth form. Um, my friend Freya, she was originally going to come in because we thought you were coming in, obviously, because we hadn't been told yesterday. And she was waiting there as well. And she was so excited. She was like, I'm, I'm going to hide her. No, it's completely fine. But um, she sent me a couple of questions there. But um, when I sent out the Google form, the top um, two questions are, how are you so cool? And hello, I do not have any questions, but I wanted to say thank you so much for coming to talk to us. You are very fun and lovely to listen to. And some people have just sent you love hearts as well. So thank you. Thank you. That's that makes me feel good. That really, really makes me feel good. You know, I believe that, you know, so I'll let you start your podcast. We can talk about whatever you want, you know. So I've got a little introduction. Are you happy to say a little bit about yourself afterwards as well? I say whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I will do whatever you want. And um, I look, I don't look great this morning. Um, I came in last night. I'm doing laundry. I have to fly to America tomorrow morning. So, um, you know, and it's look just. Gorgeous, but I'm luckily, sorry? it's just audios. Yeah. I said you look gorgeous, but luckily oh it's God, just audios. So it's I, fine. I love you guys. <laughs> really cute. Anyway, sorry. Um, so, hi, Headstrong listeners. It's Naha, and today I'm joined by the incredible Jessica Lynn. The fifth and sixth form were lucky enough to hear you speak on Tuesday, and it was nothing short of inspiring. We even have a few questions from the wider school. But first, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. My name is Jessica Lynn. Um, I do have an American accent. I'm originally from California, but I live here in Sutton Caulfield, just outside of Birmingham. I'm a dual citizen. And I actually relocated to England a few years ago, originally in London. Now I've been in here in near Birmingham for about two years because I personally find England probably the best country on planet Earth. The people are the very, very best here. So I love it here. So that's what brought me here. And I'm an Aston Villa fan. <laughs> Football fan. England loves you back. Um, so I have some of I have some questions from the wider school uh, to ask you. I sent out a Google form, but if there's any that you don't want to answer, just say and then I'll I won't continue with it. Okay. Um, the first one is: How have you previously dealt with transphobic comments from those around you? My greatest defense is a good offense. I smile. Okay, that might and educate. I um. 
if somebody says something to me, if somebody's going to have a negative comment to me, I'm going to take the time to educate them. I was once hopping on an airplane in the United States. This was a couple of years ago. And an older gentleman um, sitting next to me on the plane instantly starts hitting on me and starts to pick up on me. And I smiled and I was talking to him. And he said, what do you speak about? I said, I'm a transgender activist. I traveled the world. And his mouth fell open. He started having some nasty comments originally and turned away around the, toward the window. About an hour into the flight, we started chatting. He goes, what do you talk about? And I had a long, long conversation with him about who I am and what I do. At the end of the flight, we walked in. We're flying into New Jersey. He stopped, hugged me, and goes, thank you. Thank you for educating me on these issues. If I have a grandchild, a grandson, a granddaughter, now maybe I will understand a little bit more. So that's how I deal with, with the negative. You have to turn that negative into a positive. I've gone through a lot of negative stuff in my lifetime, but everybody listening to this, everybody on planet Earth has some hardships. We have some incredible highs. We have some incredible lows. Let's use those to do the very, very best we can. So I've used what happened to me to educate the world about what it means to be transgender. Does that make sense? Well, and I think that's very admirable as well, because for some people, I know it depends on my mood if I'm feeling hungry or especially if I'm boarding a plane and I'm tired. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to just snap back and be so angry with people. But yeah. I think the fact that you go out in such a positive stance and try to make sure people are educated that's a really yeah. admirable thing one of the things is like i um, do a, i do a lot of different countries i do a lot in south africa i go to japan and i go through i'm different right i am i did i did a three-week speaking tour of india and when i got off the planes and certain things they did a lot of media on me and people stare at me and they study me i'm not i'm not i don't look transgender would you know i'm transgender as if you saw me walking down the street Probably not. Okay. Most people don't know that I'm tall, I'm blonde hair, I'm unique looking, right? True story. This is kind of fun. I was in a charity shop in California and I go in there once in a while and this young girl behind the counter, she's staring at me every time I come in there. She stares at me and then one day she comes walking up to me and she's staring at me and she looks at me and she goes, um, can I ask you a very personal question? And in my head, she's going to say, are you transgender? She looks at me, she goes, are you a rock star? Right? <laughs> and the reason is, is I do look different. I'm unique looking. I have a unique style of dress and I have a different type of stuff. So when I go to Japan, when I go to India, when I go to South Africa, when I go to these places, people stare at me. My greatest offense is to smile. And what that does is it makes those other people smile. To me, that's one of the greatest, greatest ways to do it. It breaks that barrier down and makes it, turns that negative into a positive. If I turned around and said, what are you staring at me for? That's going to cause a conflict, cause a, a thing. If I smile and I say, good morning, good evening, how are you today? That breaks that down. And it's one of the greatest ways that I have found to break down those barriers. I love that. And also, I probably think you're a rock star because your hair has always been that. <laughs> Thank my God, I love you guys. <laughs> um, so this one's a bit of a deep question. But do you feel as though you have gained more than you have lost in life? It, that's a very, very interesting question. I've gained 
an incredible amount of friends, worldwide knowledge. I have gained comfort in my own life, an incredible amount of comfort looking in the mirrors. Of course, you know, I need to get my hair done. God, I need to lose 20 pounds. God, I need to do this. I need to do that. I wish I had had better lipstick. You know, I got a zit over here, but this is, that's, that's, I don't know if you want to call it materialistic. That's just, that's a little, little stuff. I have gained friends. I have helped educate close to a million people on planet earth. And that's visiting them face to face. That's not on media. That's not on television. That is sitting and having conversations with people. That's how many people I've spoken with just that uh, around the world. Right. But I've lost, I've lost my children. Okay. I've lost two of my boys, but specifically my youngest one, you know, my middle one was old enough and he's old enough to make his own decisions. But because of the negativity of their mother in the court case, I've lost my child, but I have to weigh it. I love my child to death and I will see him. It'll just be a matter of when I do know. I see him on some social media. I've been able to find him. He is healthy. He is happy. He's a good person. So I do say that these things, I am more in a positive light than a negative. And again, tomorrow the sun will come up. Tomorrow the sun will shine. I have a chance of seeing my son and reconnecting with him and having a relationship with him. It will take some time, but it will happen. So that make you know, I have to keep, keep positive. And that's the way I've gotten through life so far, you know? So... Yeah. And also, didn't you say your son had like 2.3 million or something views on TikTok? Yeah, what happened? He has, he, you know, my son, the, his mother changed his name. And through a private investigator, we started finding him. And then both me and my son, Jeffrey, found him on some social media. And we found him on TikTok. And he's, my son is now, he went to movie making school in California. So he's become an editor, right? So he started working for an editing company. We we're able to follow a little bit about where he was through the private investigator. I reached out to him and he's not responded. He's kind of blocked me. And so he, 10 years of mom saying negative stuff about me. I don't know why he's not reached out to his brother. I do not know why he has refused to talk to his brother. Just that literally does not make sense. Right. And, um, but, uh, he started doing really well on TikTok and he started making movies and uh, not movies, but funny, funny little TikToks. And they were really funny, extremely funny. And then he, what he did was, um, he's an editor and he made something about a Disney film. And he says, do you see this little screen? They use that from this and that, that and the next day, TikTok removed him because he criticized Disney <laughs> and he wasn't anything bad, but he criticized their film editing on one of their movies. So he was blocked and he's starting to go back up again, but he's, you know, he's, he's red hair. Um, he's, he's an adorable child. You know, he's 22 years old. He's an LGBT ally. We have, joint friends on some of the in 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 the um in social media it's just it's a matter of time before i connect with them it will happen you know i would give you out of social media but i don't want any conflict you know what i'm saying um and uh so you know but he's a good kid it really be my other son bradley is now in the united states military he's become harder to find he's not on social media but um their mother is 
pretty conservative and they're on the right hand side they were more conservative on her mother's family you know where me i'm the most liberal person on planet earth you know so yeah. that's who i am so well, i do hope that you see your son soon i will i will Definitely. again you gotta stay positive definitely will yeah um oh one of the questions is do you still play football or see yourself ever picking up a hobby that you used previously as a coping mechanism i don't play football because in that car accident that you saw me in i broke my neck my back and i've not been able to really play that much all right when my son jeffrey we lived together in california he never liked football when he was a child but then he picked it up later in life and i used to go to the field and watch him play and um and he joined a team out in california this is a number of years ago and then you know then me on the sideline i knew when the ball came to me i knew how to pass the ball and all this all his teammates were just kind of blown away but no i don't play i do watch football you know i do enjoy the game um my uh, my new, believe it or not, since COVID happened, right? I hadn't painted in 45 years, 40 years. I picked up my brushes again. This is one I just recently painted. <gasps> that is so beautiful. You know? They're so good. The reflection. I'm sorry? Yeah. So that's... Yeah. So I picked up, I have a stack of paintings. And I started selling them and they help pay for my, because like what I do is I'm, I'm an advocate, right? I'm a transgender advocate. Most schools, because I do what I do, they have money. Let's say Cambridge University, right? I spoke at Cambridge a number of years ago. And that's what I started to show you. See this book? Yeah. Your family? That came out of the University of Cambridge. Susan Gollum book. She's one of the professors. It has my a bit of my story. It has talks about my visit to that school, to Cambridge, about four or five years ago. I think it was 2017, right? Most schools don't pay me to come to schools, right? And um, because you're you're gonna pay David Beckham, you're gonna play, you're gonna pay somebody like that to come to your school and speak to you. But you're not going to pay some transgender activist. So what I have done is I started a charity in the United States called Your True Gender. And I do things like this. I paint and I do things like that to make money to educate the world. I am a true, true advocate. You know, there's a donate button on my website. You can donate money, but people really, really don't donate. Some schools pay me. I mean, there's some schools in America that'll pay me three, four thousand dollars to come give a lecture, but it's rare. It's really, really rare. But I'll use that money to continue educating the rest of the students like you guys at your school. You know, did you know a transgender person prior to meeting me? Not in person. I know of everyone knows about Caitlyn Jenner, for example. She's not good. She's nah, nah. <laughs> person. But um, not in person, actually, no. Yeah, yeah. So um, now you do. No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still paint though? Oh wait, you just showed me your painting. But like regularly since lockdown, do you still? I I well, well when lockdown hit, I live here in Sutton Caulfield. We couldn't go out. We couldn't go to the stores. We couldn't do that kind of stuff. I ended up um, 
my housemates said, hey, Jessica, let's build something in the backyard. So I built an exercise gym in the backyard. That's something else I can do. I, in my past life, I was a builder. Um, I built stuff like the um, Playboy Mansion, for instance. I worked on the Playboy Mansion. I fixed up there. I, I didn't build the Playboy Mansion, but um, I used to do a lot of rock stars homes in California because growing up in Southern California. So I did a lot of that kind of stuff. And, um, and I came here and I still do a little bit of construction just cause it's fun and it's easy and I make some money on it. And, um, a friend of mine in, um, North Harrow down in, down in London is, I'm helping her remodel her house. She just purchased a new flat in, in, like I said, North Harrow. So I'm working on that with her and I'll go down there and spend a few days with her and, and we'll do it together. We'll paint and we'll do that kind of stuff. But when it comes to artwork, I've not been really doing a lot lately. I have an easel in my bedroom. I have about a dozen paintings that I've halfway through, but I just haven't had time to finish them because I've been doing so many talks. You know, like I said, when I get off this present with this this podcast with you guys today, is I'm doing my laundry. I just came in last night. Um, I have to fly to America tomorrow for about seven days. I come back. I have more workshops. And I, you know what I mean? I have to go to Poland. I have to go to Slovenia. I may be going to Germany to do some work with the United States Army. And this is like what I do all over the world. So, you know, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I was thinking that obviously you're going around to all of these different places all the time. So you, you might not necessarily have a chance to sort of relax. Obviously this is, I guess, in a way it's therapeutic for you to share your story as well, but do you have enough time to sort of like relax and do things to unwind? One of my new things now is photography. Okay. I absolutely, absolutely, um, love photography. I just don't know where my camera went. <laughs> um, I love absolutely photography. Uh, so because I ended up doing a behind me here, um, if you can see, um, I have a full studio where I do my online presentations. Okay. Um, there's my camera. It was behind the computer. So I bought a, um, <laughs> I, an, a Canon camera. I have several Canon cameras now. So I bought a really, really nice camera. I have all these lenses. And so when I was in Norwich for a couple of days, I went and I did photography. You have some beautiful places to do photography. So when I go to Indiana next week in the United States, um, it's the fall season. It's autumn in that place. And every tree in the in that part of the country is yellow and orange. And it's one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen. So I'm going to do a lot, a lot of photography. I have pictures. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Amsterdam. There's Amsterdam. I was in California. I now, that's one of my new passions. I do a lot of work in South Africa. I'm going to start doing photography of the animals in South Africa. I'm going to start doing that kind of stuff. I love that type of stuff. So England is one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. This evening, before I go to America, I'm going to go to Sutton Park and take some pictures this evening because all the autumn leaves are starting to come down. That's my passion now, as you can see. <laughs> and meeting students. That's one of my very, very next passions is Talking to people, if somebody says, hey, Jessica, would you meet with us with a group of students? When I do a podcast, would I would I do this kind of stuff? To me, that's the way to talk to me personally. I do presentations. I do get up on stage, but I don't have that one-on-one -on -one communication by doing this kind of stuff. I have that one-on-one -on -one communication. Students can ask me anything, you know, 
And, um, and when it gets to the older students, when it gets into the medical stuff, I can be, I'm very, very open because I have had all of my surgeries and I can be very open and blunt about that type of situation, you know, and it's very work, works work. And also just out of curiosity, before when you, obviously the painting you just showed me now, did, were you in front of that location when you were painting or do you paint from your head or is that a photograph, like a reference of a photo you've taken? Um, usually they're photographs. And then, but I add my own stuff to it and I change things around. Sometimes I see another person's painting and I take that and I add my own things to it. I use the layout, you know what I mean? Um, uh, I have paintings um, that are just off the top of my head. Um, it's just a combination, but I like, one of my things is I, um, once we had one of the lockdowns came to an end before it relocked down as I went and I met my friend Sam in Oxford and I wandered around the city for a day, took all these pictures. I came back and I took this picture of these arch bridges and I came back and I painted them. You know what I mean? And it was really, really beautiful because I took, this is a painting, you know, of a place that I went to at Oxford, you know, and it meant something to me. So combination, you know, and... um Oh, thank you. Oh my God. Everybody has something. Everybody has something, right? Some people can write, some people can draw, some people can play music. You know, I can't play music. The only thing I can play is the um, the stereo, you know? <laughs> I can't sing. I have the world's worst voice. <laughs> um, I have another question. It says, what was the hardest part of coming out for you? The hardest part turned out to be the easiest coming out to family and friends okay coming out to tell somebody that you want to live the opposite gender that was what kept me hidden for 45 years when I came out to my very best friend Jeff Shoemaker in California I was sitting in front of my house and I was pacing I was on my cell phone and I referenced it back to a Monty Python movie, and I said, um, and it was John Cleese, uh, or no, it was, I can't remember which one it was, and um, saying that uh, I want to be a woman, you know, and, and I told him, and he left, he goes, no wonder you always dress like a girl for Halloween, he goes, you're still my friend, you're still my, you're still family to me. Who cares? When I came out to my little brother, I was scared. He came to my cabinet shop. He laughed. He goes, oh, my God, that's so awesome. He goes, oh, my God. So this is what it was, is I was scared to death of everybody belittling me, making fun of me. But I was blown away at the support that I get from friends and family. There are people. I haven't spoken to one of my brothers since I've come out, right? I don't care about him, right? He's one of the people that is derogatory, makes fun of every kind of race of people there is on the planet. That's not somebody I want to live with. I want to be friends with, right? My son did an interview once for a magazine um, called The Good Men Project. And in the interview asked him, he says, do you, how do you feel about friends of yours making fun of your dad transitioning into a woman? 
And he goes, if they make fun of my dad, that's not what kind of friend I want to be with. And I will not be friends with that kind of person. You know, does that make sense? So, you know, it's just, it's become such a non-issue. I have more friends as Jessica than I ever did in a million years as Jeff. And I have about 95% of those same, same friends have still supported me, all right? So when it comes to when I travel the world, <clears throat> I did a talk in South Africa. I don't know if I told you this the other day, but I went, did a talk at University of Fort Hare where Nelson Mandela went to school, all right? And there was about 600 students walking in this giant auditorium. And I go walking in, the professor goes, we have a transgender woman from America coming to speak, all right? She lives in England. She comes from America. And five, 600 students started laughing, all right? I did my presentation, a little bit more of a presentation than what you guys saw. It's for older students, you know, and I have different different areas what I talk about, they would not stop clapping. They would not stop having questions. About 300 of them queued up to have a picture with me to give me a hug. It breaks down these barriers. I have now 600 friends in that classroom alone. Now, every single one of those kids can raise their hands now and say, I know a transgender woman. Does that make sense to you? That was the connection I felt with them. And this is the where it is. It's when somebody in the transgender community says, I can't come out because of what are my family and friends? Um, what are the community going to think about me? There is a lot of bad action that happens to the transgender community. We're one of the most discriminated there is against in the world, right? But I have also found that there's more positively, positivity in the world towards the transgender community than there is negative, right? Some of these darkest countries in the world where it's illegal to be part of the LGBTQ community and where it's actually illegal and there's, this is, the, the penalties are severe. There's a country down in South America called Guyana that is life imprisonment, right? And I don't know if I can say that, but in some countries it's the death penalty for being part of the LGBT community. And this is where we need to break down those barriers, you know? And um, so, like I said, to you, who cares? I'm transgender. Is that an issue? If one of your teachers came out and said, well, I transitioned 15 years ago, would that bother you? No, because it's not really any of my business, as long as people are happy. But I yeah. think that's kind of like a Western approach to things. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, in different countries, different cultures, there are there are some religions, they people that use religions to push it against. But more and more religions are becoming more open and accepting. I do so many talks with churches across the world. Right. Um, and, uh, and like I said, overall, people are more and more and more open and accepting. And it's just going to take a little bit more time. But what I, if <clears throat> in California, if I decided to come out 30 years ago, California, no, it was illegal in the United States of America to be, to be part of the LGBTQ community. That's where Stonewall, you have Stonewall, um, Stonewall, you know, is the name of a bar. It's a club in New York. All right. I don't know if you're familiar with the history of Stonewall. Um, do you know anything about it? Um, we did a little thing for Pride Month talking about Marsha P. Johnson. Okay, yeah. So Stonewall is, I've been to that little that little pub, it's in New York, and where the, <clears throat> and it was really the trans women that fought back, that came back and started the whole thing. Alfred Kinsey, the, um, I work with the Kinsey Institute in the United States, right? They teach humans, you know, research. 
and um, Alfred Kinsey was one of the greatest founders. He's probably the father of the LGBTQ community in his own aspect. He wrote books in the 50s that opened up the world to gender and different identities, you know? And so, um, and again, it's just a matter of time. 20 years ago, 30 ago, in California. Now look at it. Look at England here. It was at one time illegal in different parts of the world, you know? And um, so it will happen. It may not be perfect right now, but we are making major, major strides. Think about this. You are on a podcast, doing a podcast in the year 2021, interviewing a transgender woman. That wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. Okay. Especially at a high school. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine in Birmingham a couple of years ago, a year or two ago, they had the people fighting back when they started doing LGBTQ education towards the Birmingham schools. I just did two talks. I went to George Dixon, um, George Dixon Academy in Birmingham. It was so well received. They asked me back the following week. And now what I want to do is to speak to all the teachers and the parents, you know? Um, so um, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to kind of ask on that topic, do you think there is a noticeable difference when you go to different countries in the way that people receive you? So maybe, I, I hope you felt welcome when you came to Norwich High School, but when you go to other places, does it almost feel as though there is like more hostility or more tension? There is, until I speak, yeah. okay? Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I've had... In certain parts of the United States, I've had police in my audience because of death threats against me, okay? In um, universities in Texas and in Florida, death threats against me because I'm coming to speak at a university and they pl placed policemen in the audience, all right? Think about that, <laughs> okay? Um, this is, so this is in the quote, United States of America. Um, there is areas that I, do I feel coming and going? This is going to be a tough crowd in Kansas, in the United States. Um, there's some rough crowds because it's a very conservative, all right, area. Um, there's a place in Alabama, it's a southern state in the United States, and the students just looked at me when I walked in. I did my presentation, and the, the Alabama has a big American football team, right? I don't watch American football, but it's, you know, the rough and tumble. And the quarterback of the American football team, a very famous player, was in my classroom. And at the end of the thing, he came in there and was, why do I have to listen to this stuff? You know what I'm saying? By the end of the presentation, he was asking me questions. Well, how did you feel here? How did you feel there? This is why I say I'm the biggest advocate for other people in our community to share their journey. I wish I could read you an email that just came into me um, about two days ago. And it's phenomenal from a student in the University of Florida about sharing journeys about how it breaks down barriers, you know. Um, so it does does work. There is some places in the world that I do feel it's a little bit um, nervous. I do a lot of work in Poland. Um, in fact, like I said, I'm going back to Poland in November. Um, they have certain communities where they're anti-LGBT cities, anti-LGBT cities in the country of Hungary. There's also, they're not allowed to talk about these issues in, the prime minister came out and said it's illegal to talk about these issues. So there are certain pieces, Brazil is another one, um, but those are the places that I want to speak at. 
I when I started doing my talks in California I didn't want to stay in California I wanted to reach the places where I can make a difference in America I'm not really allowed to speak to kids under 18 years old because they say it's dangerous right but did I say anything offensive with you did I say anything wrong I didn't swear I've never never made a mistake but I've never really felt an extremely hostile crowd I've been very 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 lucky you know and I've been able to change a lot of views huge amount of views I was just going to say, I think that's one of your strengths and why you're so like welcomed by schools is because you're happy to answer any sort yeah. of question. And I feel as though, obviously, you disagree with this as well. I mean, who wouldn't? Um, educating younger people, because if you have somebody who's younger, but they are feeling, they're feeling as though they're trapped in the gender that they are assigned to yeah. at birth, hearing somebody like you can open so many doors for them and they can really like resonate with what you're saying so yeah. I think by taking that away from people you're actually doing more harm than good by say that again by taking that away from people you're doing more harm than good I'm not doing any harm <laughs> not you're doing it you're um, doing more harm by taking that away from people like you absolutely yes we need to educate people when i was a child as you heard yeah so i misheard you and i do apologize there right when i was a child you know the term transgender was the first time coined in 1965 when the year i was born okay so there was no such thing i had no idea there were some books here and there there were people transitioning but it wasn't we didn't have social media we didn't carry phones we didn't carry this kind of stuff um but this is what i'm saying it was it was it if i had known when i was that age my life would have been so much better stronger faster it would have been incredible just like my mom and dad took me to the world famous doctor and he says no you can train a child to be who they are by immersing them into male things into female things and this is what he told my parents i'm trying to find an email that came from me the night that i spoke to your students um just spoke to your school and just um so i apologize i'm just looking at my phone because um here it is this just came in you spoke about your experience at University of Alberta in Canada in November 2018 in Dr. Robin Lee's sociology class. Your story was very powerful. I thought I was a cisgender boy at the time, but hearing you was one of the pieces of the puzzles. I needed to realize that I am indeed a proud, proud transgender woman. I've been on hormones for the past five months now, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Thank you for what you do, for doing what you do, right? You know how many emails I receive that say this? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I received a message just like that from the University of Mississippi, a very, very conservative um, school. And they said, you spoke to me about five years ago. I had a child. Since I've seen you speak, I've had a child. My child came out as wanting to be a girl. Your talk five, six, seven years ago saved my child's life. Okay, do you understand? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? If all my talks on planet Earth that I've done, 12, 1300 talks, workshops, training, if it's helped that one person, it's worth it. Does it, you know what I'm saying? If I help you, if you have a child in 10 years, in 12 years, in 15 years, after you get out of university, you get married, you have a, you adopt a child, you have a partner, you and your partner have a child, 
that child comes out as trans, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, you're not going to fix them. You're not going to try to cure them. You are going to say, that's okay. How can I help? Do, you, you know, and this is the way, this is the way it is. So I'm a firm believer in younger children. Hope and open up minds. I do a lot of young schools, a lot, a lot of young schools. I think it's one of the greatest ways we can do it. But again, going back to the United States of America, it's illegal to talk to kids under 18 years old in a lot of states. And um, that's the problem. This is why the United States have a lot of issues. I still do it. But um, the talk that I gave to you yesterday or the two days ago, whatever it was, um, I did one like that in California and I got messages from so many angry parents. It was around 1200 students from angry, angry parents. And it's up to us to talk to our children about gender, About it's not up to the school to talk about this. You know what I'm saying? Dozens of emails saying that how wrong I am. You know, what are we going to do? So am I boring you? No, you're not boring me. <laughs> like ramble? No, I'm just trying to, that is just horrible because you can't really even see where these people are coming from because if they're from such a conservative background, then I doubt that they would have any intention of speaking to their child about sexuality or gender at all. Yeah. So They don't have enough. And, and going back to letters, what day was it? Friday, Thursday morning, my phone beeped at two o'clock in the morning, right? And it was an email from a professor, University of Florida. She sent me an, an, a pamphlet of emails, student messages from students. There was 160 something letters from students to me. Okay. Some of the most powerful, powerful letters. I'm not allowed to share them. And some of them are just absolutely incredible because of it's part of their assignment. Right. And it was just really powerful. But one of these letters came from a student says, I grew up in a conservative family. I had no idea anything about gender and sexuality. This is somebody in university level, right? 20, 21, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. I knew nothing about being transgender. My school didn't teach it. They didn't talk about biology. They taught me nothing. I'm in university. Your talk opened up my mind. I was blown away. I was so excited. I came home and I told my mom, my dad, my sisters, my friends, Every single one of those people rejected me saying that I should lose my child because I'm transgender. Everyone saw that it was a choice. And they said, and she's going, I'm trying to explain to them about me. And every single one of those people that saw me secondhand, that saw that through the eyes of this girl, rejected me. And this is what she wrote. And this is where it is, is we need more exposure. When you have media exposure, it's usually negative. You have much more media exposure here in the United Kingdom than you do in America. But when you see it in America, they're usually drug addicts. They're usually selling their bodies. They're usually doing that kind of stuff. And that's not what we want. We want positive influence. I'm just another ordinary, everyday person. I used to play football. You know, I can pay paint. I do photography. I like to speak. You know, this is who I am. I'm fun to be around. Me being transgender is just one little aspect of who I am. I like clothes. I used to own a clothing boutique. I love to go shopping. You know what I mean? This is the stuff that I'm about, not just being transgender. I am a, a just a normal, everyday human being with a different and diverse story, just like you, just like your friends, like your mom, your dad. Everybody has a different path, a different journey. And this is what makes the world beautiful, you know? Yeah, agree. 
And also, I know before you said that the way in which you deal with sometimes when people are looking at you in strange ways is you smile. Yeah. But are you ever afraid? Like, do you ever get scared in certain situations? Because I know you have such like a positive outlook on life. But I think as women as well, sometimes you're seen as weaker, yeah. more vulnerable. So do you feel that fear from other people, even when you're doing talks? Um. When I'm around other people, I don't feel fear, right? I'm, we're, we're writing a book right now, and it's going to be a university-level book. Um, it's a small book, me and a professor, and it's about this exact situation. You, as a young girl, as a pretty young girl, you were taught from mom and dad is you don't walk down the street alone at night, right? Yeah. you walk with a group of friends you have had a young cell phone since you were a young child I mean cell phones but when I was a kid we didn't have cell phones we didn't have this type of stuff so when I was a young boy I grew up not fearing stuff that you feared as a young female I went through life I could walk down a dark alley I'm a contractor I can go and I can land in a plane and not worry about anything so then when I transitioned at 45 years old that thought process didn't really click into me. And I really can't talk about this here, but I've had some really scary incidences as a female, some really where I've been, I've been physically attacked, okay? And um, in circumstances that would not think twice in a, in a carport, not attacked because I'm transgender, um, attack because I'm a female you know what I'm saying and you know what I'm talking about things that kids should all things that you were taught as a young child not to do alone at nighttime and because me thinking I'm, I'm not there's nothing to worry about me I've gone into a dark parking lot in Boston in the United States at one two o'clock in the morning got into my rental car and I've had a man follow me and do you know what I'm thinking? I've had been followed into um head of security in airports in Hyderabad, India, and physically do things to me. You, do you understand what I'm saying? And so we're writing a book about this right now, and it's something that we really, really need to do is to help educate people that have transitioned any parts of their lifetime. You're as a young child taught to be careful. This is some of the things that we have to be taught. So now I am aware, but I wasn't aware doing this as a young child. Because when I do sometimes, if a guy is giving me a weird look like this and I smile, sometimes they think that's a pickup line. Yeah. And then they start following me and they tend to harass me. And that can be also be very dangerous, just like what I'm saying, you know? And um, so I have to watch myself. Do you think it's kind of broadened your horizons and your experiences obviously you've had this past life as well so do you think that makes you kind of more aware yeah and it's really really something that you just do not do not think about but it's a fascinating thing because at the end of my presentation how many people do you know that have lived two complete genders that have lived completely both sides of the fence both sides you know what i'm saying and i'm one of those people that can and has experienced both ends of the of the of the ends of the rope you know and it is scary i love being a female i'm happy being female i'm comfortable being a female but females do not do not get treated properly compared to men all right we are lower on the totem pole the glass ceiling is higher and there needs to be more and more equality different parts of the world it is worse right in some parts of the world it is absolutely horrific to be born female right um, um but 
I'm comfortable and I'm happy being me, but this is the education that we need to do is equality, whether you're female, whether you're transgender, whether you're black, whether you're Asian, whether you're in a wheelchair, it's equality for everybody. I am the same as that little tiny child starving to death in South Africa as we are the Queen of England. Everybody is equal, everybody, except for the Trump administration, they're at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Completely agree. (laughs) I was going to say as well, we're kind of looking to make our school environment more trans inclusive or I guess just gender inclusive as a whole. Because obviously we're known as March High School for Girls. Yeah. But that poses some difficulty. So do you have any ideas or tips or anything that you would have liked to have been implemented at school so you felt more represented? One of my biggest things that I'm a big ally for, I did, I did, I did a three-week speaking tour of India in, I think, 2017, 2018. I can't remember. And I did. I was at University of Hyderabad. And one of my biggest things that I think is massive is support groups. Okay? When I transitioned, I felt I was the only person in the world. I found a local support group in San Luis Obispo, California, that I could go there dressed as Jessica, that I could speak to other people that are similar to me, not all the same because everybody has a different journey, but I can talk about it. I believe that every campus in the United States, in England, in planet Earth should have an LGBTQ support, an office where... People can come meet one day a week where, you know, you you, you could talk to the headmaster of your school. Um, I know she follows me on Twitter now and I don't remember her name, but um, I, what I would do is if I were you, um, I would talk to her and say, let's do this because it's not just transgender. It's LGBTQ, the whole gamut. There's a lot of identities. A lot of people may be coming out as gender nonconforming now too. All right. And or gender, gender fluid and all this kind of stuff. So my suggestion would be to find a little office and let it be known throughout everybody that every Tuesday at 3 p.m. at 2 p.m. at lunchtime, we can come here, me in the office, and where you can come and talk about these issues. Maybe have a, a, a teacher that's a psychologist in there with you so you guys can help guide it. And it may be three people at once because they're embarrassed to come. If you're an ally, you can come and it can start to grow and grow and grow. And to me, that's one of the greatest ways to do it. Then three of those transgender students, if there is transgender students, it takes time. It's not something that they will start going from classroom to classroom to explain how they identify. And this is what is one of the greatest ways. That's how I started doing it is I spoke in front of a classroom of about 20, 23, 24 students, 25 students, scared to death. I spoke for 15 minutes and it just grew and it grew and it grew. And now a New York Times reporter just recently said he thinks he goes, you probably do more than anybody else in the world. He did a little investigation and I do more than anybody else. But it started off as just simply going in front of a small classroom and telling a little bit about who I am. So that's where number one start. That's what I would honestly, honestly do. And just to make sure that everybody knows that you're an LGBTQ, LGBTQ, whatever the alphabet is, inclusive school, that you are open accepting. There was nobody that had an issue with me when I came to your campus the other day, was there? No, nobody. You see how open and accepting is? But still is very, very uncomfortable for somebody coming out. You're, you, you may have somebody that comes out and says, I don't identify 100% as a female. Maybe I want to participate. Maybe I want to be 
gender nonconforming. Maybe not be, but maybe I am gender nonconforming. Maybe we're, um, so maybe somebody will come out. Maybe they're feeling a little masculine. They want to identify as a man, you know, and that's where you have a counselor or maybe bring somebody in, do more and more talks. I'm not the only speaker in the world. I'm the best, but I'm not the only speaker. <laughs> but do this kind of stuff. And another thing is what I really, really think is really important is um, I used to be a Stonewall school role model, right? I used to work with them and my, I'm not criticizing Stonewall. They do a lot, a lot, a lot of work. But when I started going to the schools, I needed to said, I said, I want to speak to every school in the student, the campus. And they said, no, you're only allowed to do one talk per school, right? And so then they changed the rules for me. So I started coming in and doing more and more talks. Then I said, I want to talk to the parents. I want to stay and talk to the parents. Said, no, no, you can't do that. They changed the rules for me, right? And then the new director of Stonewall came in. I got a phone call and they said, you can't do that anymore. So that was then COVID hit. So I haven't done any Stonewall school um, things in about two years now. But, um, and I really, really, I kind of forgot. I don't know if I suggested it to um, uh, Jane, but, Miss Wells, Miss Wells. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to call her. I'm going to call her by her first name. So I do apologize. But is let me do a presentation, a workshop with the parents. I meant to say this, and I may have not. I may have forgotten. But I truly believe that. Let me do a presentation because a lot of these kids, a lot of these students, come home just like that one at the University of Florida. Say, Mom and Dad, do not get it. Your mom and dad may not understand it. Let me have that opportunity. So when you guys go home, talk to mom or dad that they understand it too. That they're not saying, okay, that's not wrong. That's wrong that this is a choice. That just like that student University of Florida, that they have this opportunity. And I think that's one of the greatest, greatest ways to break down these barriers. You know, I truly, truly do. So tell her to bring me in to, do, to talk to your parents. <laughs> How would your mom like hearing me? I think my mum would love that. She's a school counsellor, so she talks to children in a primary school. And she has had incidents where there are some younger kids who struggle with their gender identity. And then when I told her about you, she's currently not working at the moment because she's having chemotherapy. But um, I was telling her all about you and she says how incredible you sound. And I was really excited to interview you. Um, so thank you. And that's and your mom sounds awesome. You know, I'm very, very lucky. My dad has since passed on, but I'm very, very lucky that I have supportive parents. Right. When my son Jeffrey was 22 years old, 23 years old in California, he was working for he was working for the United. He was working for the city park system in California. Right. And he had a young friend of his that came out when he was 12 years old to his mom and dad, came out as gay when he was 12 years old, and his parents kicked him out of the house when he was 12 years old. He was living under bridges, and he was living under things, you know what I'm saying? And he made himself, and he got himself well, but this is where it is. And so I am a true believer in educating the parents as all as teachers, staff, and we're doing that at George Dixon Academy here in England, here in Birmingham. Um, I think it's really, really important. And um, and so tell um, tell Ms. Wells that we need to do it here. I, again, I'm assuming that your school is more open and accepting, but still there are going to be some parents that don't understand. You know? You pass it on to Ms. Wells. And I think if anybody's listening here, so I'm thinking about the equality and inclusion captains, if they're listening to the podcast, obviously when this releases, if they have any ideas about like the meeting thing you were talking about, because we do have 
diversity and inclusion meetings. Oh, do you? Okay. We wanted to do something that was specifically about gender inclusivity. Yeah. We could even hold that in the head girl office or anything. But if anyone has any ideas, you can pass that on to our Instagram or an email. And also, I'm just thinking we should probably start wrapping up. But I just wanted to mention, um, when you're talking about a movie potentially being made about you, I think one of the things that really showed your strength and commitment to obviously what you talk about is the fact that you were going to reject Sandra Bullock yeah. in terms of portraying you. So obviously in media, it's kind of a little bit more difficult to sh- have that representation. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? And do you, obviously you're very passionate about having a transgender woman playing you. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for us the transgender community portraying. They, now there's more and more transgender actors and actresses playing roles. I actually have a friend of mine in California that has an agency that um, casts transgender people as part of the um, as part of movies and stuff like that. So there are more and more transgender people playing the cisgender role. And you know what I mean by cisgender, right? Yeah. Cisgender is the term that ninety opposite of transgender, somebody that's comfortable in the gender they're born. So I'm a big advocate for that. But I truly believe, like the movie, um, and I just went brain dead on it. Um, Danish the, girl? I'm sorry? The Danish girl. Danish girl, right? I actually work with, um, I have a book upstairs, and I'm on the front cover of the book. It's a um, human sexuality textbook out of Berlin, Germany, and um, Hirschfeld. It, you know, Hirschfeld is one that started human sexuality research and blah, blah, blah. Um, Humboldt University out in Berlin, Germany. And I worked with a colleague that did a lot, a lot of work on that movie. All right. And that was the big disappointment, too, is they casted, they cast a cisgender actor to play the transgender woman that had her first surgery. So that was a lot of pushback that they could have done a bit, bit better on that, you know? Um, So I'm a big, big advocate of that. And I do believe that there should be a transgender woman playing Jessica Lynn and Hugh Jackman should play me previously. (laughs) Don't you like that? But I'm believing, I'm I'm a true believer. We are going that way. Here in England, it is more advanced than most of the world, right? It really, really is. But like I said, in media across the United States, I was just reading an article um, last night or this morning about the way transgender people are portrayed in the media as drug addicts, as certain people in the in the community. When I grew up, that's all you saw them at, you know? And that's not where we are. We're just normal everyday people. We're mothers, we're fathers, we're grandchildren, we're parents, we're all of this, we're teachers, we're doctors. Um, just normal everyday people that happen to be transgender. Being transgender is just part of who we are. And that's what I really, really want to instigate in people's mind is that is just a small, small aspect of who we are. Yeah. Well, I think I could probably talk to you forever, but thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this. And thank you for answering all of the questions. And thank you to everybody who's listening for listening and supporting the podcast. So, yeah. Congratulations. I'm excited to hear it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we could like end the recording now, but.